Can DC ever get statehood? Let's find out. Uh, we're bringing on Patrice Snow. She's director of communications for DC Vote. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Patrice, how you doing? Um, well, and yourself? Rock and roll. Um, all right, let's do this. So first, uh, let's do a little history lesson, and then I really want to uh, press you on how, how in the world we're going to do this. Um, what was the District of Columbia originally formed for? To, to be the, the 10 by 10 square mile where the federal government resides. Okay. And uh, and did they founding fathers and I don't know this? Did the founding fathers have a plan uh, for hey, do these guys ever get the vote? They did not have a plan. In fact, there was a deal in Philadelphia, and and ironically enough, that that's where the deal happened, the room where it happened in Philadelphia, where they did not have a plan. Where DC, as that is happening today, DC was kind of an afterthought. So they did not have a plan. Okay, got you. Um, because it's not like uh, the right-wingers would listen even if they did have a plan. Uh, in the Second Amendment, it says a well-regulated militia being necessary. And they're like, oh, no, they didn't mean that. They didn't mean that they have to have a militia at all or that it has to be well-regulated or anything else. We'll just make up whatever they whatever they meant. Uh, uh, now, having said that, um, this is a tough fight because you are absolutely right on the policy, but the politics uh, is very difficult. But first, before we get into the politics and how difficult it is, and I have a potential magic answer, so that's always fun. Oh, uh, okay, let's <laughs> talk about the policy for a second. Just for the people who are uh, not familiar with this issue, why is it grossly unfair for Washington, D.C. not to be a state? Well, it's grossly unfair because 712,000 Americans have no voting rights have absolutely no member in the United States Senate or no two senators representing them in the United States Senate and don't have a voting member in the, in the United States House of Representatives. There's also no sovereign governor, no sovereign state legislature, and oftentimes the federal government can come in and override any legislation that is passed by the current city council. And, you know, I think, I, I don't know, but I think there's probably a correlation with the fact that the majority of DC residents are black um, and the, excuse me, are black and brown, and the plurality of D.C. residents are black. So I think there's probably some type of a correlation there. Yeah, there's a 100% correlation. Uh, I mean, so uh, even if you put aside the obvious racism of the Republican Party, which I won't, they ran on the Southern strategy for the last 50 years, that is an explicitly racist policy of trying to get Southern uh, voters who don't like black people to vote for them. This is not complicated, right? Right. But at the same time, uh, I'm going to criticize corporate Democrats here because the Democratic establishment, Patrice, they're not going to give you what you want. They, they would have to go to the mat for you. They would have to say, because the Republicans are never going to give you a, a state because they think it's going to be brown and black state, which is more likely to be a Democratic state. And that and they would and that hurts their chances in the Senate. So the only way for you to win is for the Democratic establishment to go all out for you. I find that to be inconceivable, but well, you tell me what your perspective is. I think that it's a short-sighted strategy to say that Demo that Democrats will constantly be running Washington, D.C. if it is a state, and it'll be all black and all brown running Washington, D.C. Because if the parameters are changed, I think more people would move into D.C. You know, one of the reasons I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, is because I have political ambitions, and I knew that I could only go so far if I stayed in the District of Columbia. So... It's very short-sighted to say that D.C. will remain the same if, if it turns into a state. Now, corporate Democrats, 
that's another conversation. Um, you know, the majority of the Democrats in the United States Senate are co-sponsors of S-51, the Washington, D.C. Admission Act. Um, the only two Democrats who haven't co-sponsored it are West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema. So, you know, from what I understand, they are open to the state of the conversation. You know, Joe Manchin has said in the past that he doesn't think um, we can do it through legislation. We have to do it through changing the Constitution, which is just not the case. And Senator Sinema has been open to changing Washington, D.C. from going from a district to a state. So, you know, we think they're gettable. We think that they're, they're folks that are, that are gettable out there. And if we elect more senators in November, you know, Mandela Barnes of Wisconsin has said that he supports statehood. John Fetterman of Pennsylvania has said that he supports statehood. So we think that we can get there. We think it's a matter of if, not when. But okay, first of all, on Mansion and Cinema, they're obviously wildly disingenuous. Did we change the Constitution to admit Alaska, Hawaii? Exactly. Right. No. So he's, he knows he's lying. Uh, but Patrice, your number one problem is that the, the, there's a reason for their lie, and it has nothing to do with DC statehood. And when I say corporate Democrats, I don't just mean Mansion and Cinema. A giant chunk of the Democratic senators work for their corporate donors, and the corporate donors do not want the filibuster removed because otherwise it's going to embarrass them because they don't want to pass $15 minimum wage or child tax credit or paid family leave uh, or lowering drug prices, all the things that their donors don't want. So they're going to keep that filibuster. You can give 58 senators. They're going to keep that filibuster, and they're going to deny you. Um, Even with I, President Biden's support to, to change the filibuster? For 100%. 100%. 100%. I would be shocked. <laughs> I'll give you 54 senators, sight unseen. There's no way they're changing the filibuster. Okay? I don't care who they are. So, by the way, it's don't get me wrong. Fetterman's for real. I, I like Mandela Barnes. And, by, I, and, and every Democrat is better than every Republican. Okay? Now, <laughs> having, yeah, now having said that, and I think Fetterman's totally for real. And I, I you know, look, I met Mandela Barnes a little bit. I, I believe him, okay? But it doesn't matter. They're going to magically find Carper and Coons and Menendez and all these guys. And all of a sudden, they say, yeah, but, 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 the filibuster, you know? And that, I mean, I want D.C. statehood. I really want it. $15 minimum wage, oh, I really want it. Criminal justice for voting rights, I really, really want it. But not as much as I love my donors. Okay, keep it real. So, uh, Patrice, let me, look. My alternative is this. Um, vote for progressives, because progressives actually mean it. Um, if you had enough progressive Democrats in Congress, yeah, we actually want D.C. statehood. And we wouldn't just co-sponsor or vote. We would fight for it. Uh, well, that's a great solution. Uh, but why, why do we have to choose? It's a false choice. Why can't we have both? Why does it have to be or? We vote for progressives. But you also get D.C. statehood, which, of course, like you said, it, it's a tie. It's tie in with a filibuster. So why, why does there have to be? No, no, no. It's not a it's not a choice at all. No, I totally agree with you. My point is that if you push for progressive Democrats in primaries instead of the corporate Democrats who are never, ever, ever, ever going to deliver, you're going to be in much better shape to get D.C. statehood. Uh, and, and maybe they'll embarrass and defeat enough corporate Democrats that they'll actually say, OK, fine, fine. I don't want to lose my seat. I'll get rid of the filibuster and we'll get D.C. statehood. OK, uh, so my point is support progressives in the primaries and then Democrats in the general election. So, but if you don't, I'm worried that if you don't have that first part of it, you're going to be beseeching establishment Democrats for the rest of our lives. Right. Um, well, 
I can't say too much about uh, the progressive versus uh, uh, corporate Democrats, as you call them, but I know what we have now. And what we have now is Senator Manchin of West Virginia and Senator Sinema of Arizona. And they have both seemed open to D.C. statehood. You know, they've both told people publicly and privately that they're open to it. No, and I don't want to be. They're, they're, <laughs> no. no, they're Republicans. They're not open to it. They're lying. And they're politicians. They're definitely, definitely lying. And if it involves their filibuster, beloved filibuster, they'll never do it. OK, so but I don't want to be a downer. OK, I'm giving you okay. a, like I think if you elect enough progressive senators and I would put Fetterman in that category, then you'll create pressure to get it done. OK, so um, and, and without a fight is this is never like Republicans will fight to the death on this one. 100%. They do not want to lose the Senate. So you have to break them. You can't pull a Biden and be like, oh, I love Republicans. I love them. But all oh, the slight MAGA Republicans are kind of slightly halfway, quarterway fascists. No, <laughs> you have to break the Republicans in order to win this one. OK. And and by the way, the way to do it is is rhetorically. So I'll ask you about that. Have the Democrats been, in your opinion, tough enough rhetorically? Because if I was them, I would say, listen, you're obviously against democracy. You're obviously against freedom. These people do not have a vote. And you say, I love it. I, I don't want them to have a vote. Tell us why you don't want him to have a vote. Well, I would argue, and yes, you're right. The, Repo the Democrats have not been tough enough rhetorically in fighting for D.C. statehood in, in the Senate. In the House, the bill has passed twice. In the Senate, it, it has not passed. But honestly, we have the most issues with our progressive advocacy group allies in fighting for D.C. statehood. They're Ooh, willing that's super to use, interesting. Why? They're willing to use D.C. statehood as a bargaining chip when they're talking about other voting rights bills. And some of the larger progressive advocacy groups kind of brush it off their shoulder. I don't think it's quite as important as the John Lewis voting rights bill or the other voting rights bills that are out there. So, you know, even some leaders in the progressive movement won't even mention D.C. statehood when they're talking to groups or churches or at marches. They don't even mention D.C. statehood and they know how important it is. And we don't think that it should be a compromise. We think that it's a three legged stool that all includes the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, the DC Statehood, the Washington DC Admission Act, and the third voting rights legislation, which escapes me right now. So yeah. we've actually had more issues with them than we had with uh, uh, the United States Senate, the Democrats in the United States Senate, and even President Biden, which when President Biden was in the Senate, he was the biggest champion for DC Statehood. So it's 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 changing. It's it's different than you think yeah. it is. The fight and how that and how that turn out. Okay, but but I <laughs> but I hear you. I hear you. And if that's the case, then they're wrong. The progressives uh, groups that you're Absolutely. talking about, because look, you're not going to get one of these and not the others. This idea of compromise is totally wrongheaded. You're either going to get them all, or you're going to get none of them. So right. the question is, are you going to break the Republicans, or are you going to play patty cakes? Because if you don't break the Republicans, you ain't going to get any of that. Um, I so, agree. yeah. Okay. So uh, one last thing. Uh, some folks say, "Hey, listen, why not put it as part of Maryland? Then they'll have voting rights, uh, and they won't be their individual state, but at least they'll get to vote." Uh, what's your take on that? That what we call that is retrocession in the DC statehood movement, and that is a non-starter for us. First of all, Maryland doesn't want us. <laughs> you know, Maryland doesn't want DC statehood back or DC back. And where will we go? Will we go to Montgomery County, which is a wealthier white county? Or will we go to Prince George's County, which is a majority black county? Who, who would want us? You know, we have different cultures, different mores, different governance, different uh, uh, tax systems. There's there's nothing similar about Washington, D.C. and the state of Maryland. So it's just it's a non-starter for us. We, we think that D.C. and its 700,000 residents deserve voting rights as the 51st state in the union. 
why not put it in Tennessee while we're making stuff up? Exactly. It's, that's exactly. I, you're just going to randomly give us to North Dakota? I mean, it's just, it's a non-starter. It's Although, let's not give them too many ideas because they, <laughs> like, they might be like, hey, you know what? Let's bury them in a deep, blue, deep red state, and that right. way they won't even Can't get a Senate seat, right? right. So, uh, no, it's nonsense. I totally agree with your cause. Uh, the movement is called DC Vote. And uh, Patrice, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem.